Sometimes in ag tech, we get a little too focused on solutions that are still years away from widespread adoption or need a dramatic shift in the way we do business. And we overlook providing practical solutions for today's problems on the farm. Someone's wife showing up in the field with a notepad at 4 a.m. trying to keep track of 300 cherry pickers, and that seemed bonkers. So we started building a solution for them and then realized all their neighbors needed it too, and their neighbors needed it, and it just kind of turned into a business. That's Joshua Foray, CEO of Field Clock, which helps track and manage farm labor. They're one great example that ag technology doesn't have to mean big venture capital bets on a world that's drastically different than it is today. We're a bootstrapped, self-owned private company. We haven't taken outside investor money. As a result of that, we've been able to build a lean, responsible, organically growing company that doesn't have to blow up and have a bunch of growth and, and then justify that to someone. Through this customer-centric approach, Field Clock has remained laser focused on helping farmers and farm workers with very practical tasks like clocking in and out and getting paid properly for piecework or keeping compliant with labor regulations. There's a ton of companies out there trying to be everything to everyone and we just want to be best breed of what we're doing. Farmer-led innovation for ag labor on today's Future of Agriculture podcast. Well, hello, fellow Agner. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Future of Agriculture. My name is Tim Hamrich, and every week you and I get to hear from the founders, farmers, innovators, and investors, the people shaping the future of the ag industry. Today's episode and every episode this quarter is brought to you by the Soy Checkoff. It takes more than hard work to move a commodity. It takes a strategic plan and farmer leaders like you to implement it. And that's your soy checkoff. Whether it's finding new markets for oil and meal, investing in production research to help get more from every acre, working with the supply chain to impact your bottom line, having a sound plan delivers results. And you and your fellow soybean farmers are proving it through the soy checkoff. See all the ways that your soy checkoff is moving soy forward for you at unitedsoybean.org. And I want to thank the Soy Checkoff for supporting Ag Innovation and the Future of Agriculture podcast. All right, you might have noticed uh, this year, really more than ever, I'm playing with the formats here on this show. I'm trying to figure out uh, what format matches what content in what timing and just trying to find ways to be more creative with the stories we tell here on this show. A few months ago, I tried a short startup spotlight. It was somewhere around 20 minutes long. Uh, and several of you said that that you liked every once in a while getting that shorter format, especially when it's sort of a uh, what are they up to type episode that fits these earlier stage ag companies uh, or startups, if you will. So I I'm trying that again in today's episode. This will be a short format highlighting the work that Field Clock is doing. Here to share that story is Field Clock CEO and one of the co-founders, Joshua Ferre. Joshua has a family history in the produce trade, and that's also where he started his career. Uh, but in 2011, he decided to get into technology and helped a lot of people in his network modernize their small businesses uh, through the use of various technologies. His network was mostly made up of farmers and people in agriculture from his days in produce, and so he eventually started building the product that would become Field Clock alongside his co-founders, which included farmers in Washington state. Uh, Joshua started off as CTO of the company, which launched in 2015, uh, but took over as CEO about a year ago. 
I appreciate Field Clock's customer-centric approach that you heard about in the opening montage there and their relentless focus on the challenges related to managing labor. I hope you'll find this product and this conversation as interesting as I did. And I'll drop you in here where Joshua's explaining more about his background in produce before moving into tech and eventually building Field Clock. So I'm fourth generation produce. My great granddad was a retailer. My granddad was a wholesaler. My dad and several uncles are brokers and I got into export sales, but eventually um, just kind of burnt out on sales, needed a change of pace. And all my friends were farmers. I'd opened a small software development firm. And in the course of doing that, they had some problems on their farm they needed to do. You know, you got a, someone's wife showing up in the field with a notepad at 4 a.m. trying to keep track of 300 cherry pickers. And that seemed bonkers. So we started building a solution for them and then realized all their neighbors needed it too. And their neighbors needed it. And it just kind of turned into a business. Gotcha. Okay. Tell us about kind of the product itself. I know you kind of mentioned some of the, the features as far as being able to kind of clock in, clock out. Is it a combination of a software and a hardware, just a software and kind of ha- how is it used? So, yeah, we're a, we're a mobile app um, as far as the UX goes for people on the ground. We're SaaS as far as the businesses are concerned. And the way it's used is basically we came into this space, like I mentioned, my, my co-founders had problems in the field that they needed to solve. They had people they needed to clock in and pay accurately. And the industry is heavily dominated by pen and paper, even still today. And that just seemed bonkers. And when they went to the traditional time clock companies, there weren't a lot of good options. They wanted to, you know, put like a a warehouse style time clock mounted on a pickup truck and, and things like that. And it just it didn't make any sense in this day and age. So what we did was take the approach of, hey, look, phone batteries are getting better. The phones have GPS. If we can make this as easy as Facebook then anyone could use this. So it doesn't matter if, you know, maybe there's low literacy rates, low education rates, people in the field aren't, you know, by and large, aren't accustomed to smartphones. Uh, we could make something that was easy enough for anyone to use. And then if anyone can use it, then everyone can use it. You know, the process of people showing up in the field is as simple as scanning an ID badge. Same thing for recording piecework production. And because it all happens in real time, now the farmers get all this this massive amount of data that they can make real time decisions with. They know production yields as they're happening. They can, you know, plan trucks, pack line time, whatever they got to do with it in a way that they couldn't do before. Nice. Okay. And obviously, everyone kind of understands the whole like, oh, you know, pen and paper in 2023 is a little bit outdated. But what are the, what's the real business case here for the value that this provides? Yeah, the value this provides, um, well, it's twofold. One is compliance, like actually being able to keep track of stuff. If, if you're doing pen and paper, and, and a lot of people think pen and paper is cheap and easy, and it is to a point, but like what happens when you wrote everyone showed up at five and left at two and it turns out some of those people got there earlier. So now you're out of compliance and, you know, potentially liable for a lawsuit for lost wages. Or maybe someone showed up two hours later because they had to drop their kid off at school and those things totally happened. But now you're paying that person for two hours of time. They weren't there. So all these little things just eat away and you're you're out of compliance. You're overpaying. You're underpaying. That's a problem of its own. Uh, the other aspect of it, too, is labor is just getting more expensive everywhere. And like particularly in Washington state, you know, the adverse effect wage rate, which if you're using H2A, you have to pay attention to it's $17.97 this year. You're paying almost 18 bucks an hour. And you're going to be paying overtime now, which is changing. 
So you got to be tracking people's hours accurately so you can pay them overtime properly. So you can pay them, you know, according to the minimum rates. And then there's also things like if they're doing piecework, you got to pay that right too, which means there's a whole separate formulation for, you know, how many hours were they actually on the clock? How much break time do you owe them? Even if you're not sure if they took that break time, you still got to pay them for that break time. Like you got to do what the state's telling you to do. And, and these people are due that money and you have to calculate it a certain way. So the benefit of using our tool is like, it does all those calculations for you. You don't want to make an Excel spreadsheet and go write all your pen and paper into Excel and then try and figure out how much piecework someone generated in the work week and then figure out how many minutes they were actually on the clock to find out what their rate is. We just do all that. Yeah. So and massive back office efficiency. Yeah, for sure. And then is it a full sort of payroll tool or does it integrate with something like a, a Gusto maybe or like a, I mean, maybe just QuickBooks? Where, where does the data go, I guess? Yeah. So like we have exports to 20 plus different payroll systems now. So like QuickBooks, Famous, Computech, Farmer's Office, all these major ag focused ones. And then like I said, QuickBooks, so non-ag ones, um, you know, which a lot of the a lot of the small farms still use stuff like that. It's not built for ag and it, it's kind of sucks for ag, honestly, but that's what they're using and that's who we're helping. So yeah. And then we've got direct API integrations with a couple of the bigger ones. So your enterprise farms using like Kronos or ADP, uh, you know, we've got different setups for those. Hmm. That's pretty cool. And so we've talked about kind of this core use case of people clocking in and managing sort of hourly employees or, or just managing employees in general, based on how many hours they're working. Is there more kind of features that go on top of that as well? Really at our core, like we're laser focused on labor. And so we've done other features that are kind of adjacent to that in ways that help labor. So like if you've got people out in the field, we've got a whole robust QC system where, you know, we've got a simple one for off the shelf people who don't want to get too complicated with it, you know, or you can take a picture of someone's bin of fruit in the field or take a picture of a random tree and be like, you know, I saw this or that, or, or we need to pay attention to this. And if you're the larger company who really likes getting into all the nitty gritty, you can create custom fields and forms and be like, okay, if you're going to go do QC at a apple orchard, I want to know this data. Or if you're doing QC on intake at a warehouse, you know, here's how you check a bin of fruit or a bucket or a tote or what you do with that. You know, so like whether you're counting bruises, stem punctures, measuring over, you know, under color, things like that, keeping track of what your people are doing. We also do have an equipment tracking feature. So if they're getting on a tractor driving all over the place, we know who drove that tractor, what they were doing out there, what it's associated with. We're in the process of building out an integration with another company to make that even more robust because as much as we like to build all the things like equipment's not super core to labor and we want to stay laser focused on labor. There's there's a ton of companies out there trying to be everything to everyone and we just want to be best of breed of what we're doing. Excellent. And, and what have you found uh, either that has surprised you or is maybe exactly what you expect that? I don't know. Who have you found this has resonated with the most and, and are the people who just get it instantly and say sort of, I've been looking for something like this? So the the thing that has surprised me actually honestly is the number of people out there who are still like, yeah, pen and paper is good enough. And I'm thinking like I hear that all the yeah. time. <laughs> um so that that continues to surprise me. Um the other thing that surprises me, but in a good way, is that when we started and we started building this back in like 2015, 2016, uh went to market shortly thereafter. 
the majority of the people in the field on farms were not ready for smartphones at that time. And there was a major trust barrier to overcome. And it's been remarkable even, you know, in the past five, six years watching that change and watching people get much more adept with this and being able to be at the cusp of that and help contribute to that has been really cool. So I don't know if that's a legit surprise, but it's been surprising to me is like the the level of acceptance out in the field now is that much better. Yeah. And where are you at in terms of the company? Have you all raised money or where, where's the company at in terms of development? So we're, we're a bootstrapped uh, cell phone private company. We haven't taken outside investor money. We're, we're actually kind of proud of that in a, in a goofy sort of way because we're not beholden to anyone. You know, we're, we're beholden to our customers. And one of the other fun things about the way we've done it too is like it's month to month. We don't have long-term contract lock-ins with our customers. We kind of took the approach of we're confident that we're building something you're going to want and you're going to see the value and want to pay us for it and you're going to stick around. And, you know, I'm not saying we've never lost a customer, but most of them are still here. As a result of that, we've been able to build a lean, responsible, organically growing company that, you know, doesn't have to blow up and have a bunch of growth and and then justify that to someone. One of the things we were terrified about early on, given that I was networked with the community. My business partners are all farmers and living in the community. Actually, that's a misspeak. One of them is not a farmer, but they're all in the community. And we there was no chance we were going to take a bunch of money, chase growth at all costs. And then, you know, if the market turns and something happens and now we're out of business and we built this thing that disappears and screws over our neighbors, like we didn't want to be in that position. So I'm sure for them, especially for the farmer partners that are involved with the company, I think the compliance thing is is an often overlooked point. Like for me, the pain point for a lot of this stuff is compliance. Like if it's just me that is going to have to keep track of everything, maybe pen and paper might might work. But as soon as somebody from outside of my operation wants to see the data, <laughs> pen and paper is a mess. And so I think what you're doing is really interesting, especially since in ag tech, we talk a lot about automation and we kind of skip over the fact that it's still mostly people doing this work and it will be for some time. Uh, do you ever think about that though? Like, okay, we're building a business here in a high labor environment and what happens if or when automation really starts to get a foothold? So yeah, for sure. We think about that a lot. And actually when we first launched, we were convinced the automation was going to be here by now, but it's it's kind of like full self-driving cars. It's it always seems like it's five years away and it's definitely making strides and it's definitely going to have an impact and it's going to change things. But there's always going to be people involved and the timeline, you know, particularly for delicate, high value, permanent crops, like the timeline on automation for that is much further out than, you know, for hardy or lower value things that a machine might be a little rougher on or, or you know, have an easier time. Like picking an orange is very different than picking a cherry. So... You know, we, we have a little bit more runway there than we thought we did. Yeah. Are you working with any like labor contractors? Obviously, the the obvious place would be, you know, farmers that employ a lot of people uh, or farming operations that employ a lot of people. But also, I would think some of these third party providers of services would really benefit from this as well. Yeah. So the bulk of our customers are direct farming themselves. And it's a trip because we have farms of all size. We got some mom and pops who maybe got, you know, five to 10 people full time year round. And then we've got organizations with thousands of employees. And so 
we've been very flexible at that. And that flexibility has allowed us to, we do have a bunch of FLCs, you know, the labor contractors out there sourcing and selling the labor to farms. And we've got some, some stuff in the pipeline that's going to make it even better for them because we're, we're now addressing back office issues for, for the labor contractors too, to just kind of keep making life easier for everybody. But I mean, if you're in a field with employees, whether it's, you know, your great granddaddy's farm or a large enterprise farm, or you're a labor contractor, like our solution works for all of them. And what about the kind of product roadmap? What's next? Uh, anything you want to add or anything you want to improve? What are you focused on from a technical side right now? So on the technical side, we're super proud to have just rolled out scales so we can pay people by weight. And we are launching this week notifications, which again, going back to the, the cost of labor and it's always increasing and being able to keep track. You know, if you have people working a 40 hour week and overtime starts at 40 hours and now they work a 50 hour week, your cost of labor didn't go up 25%. You're paying one and a half on that. So your cost of labor just went up, you know, like a full third of greater than what it was. So at 133% cost, you need a better way to keep track of that. And again, this is where like, I'm so surprised by the pen and paper people. Like, you know, if, if you're only keeping track of this at the end of the day or the end of the week, or, you know, you go pop into QuickBooks at the end of the week and all of a sudden you find out that some dude worked 55 hours for you instead of the regular 40 you thought he was going to work. That's an expensive oversight. And so to help the farms manage that, we're, we're putting in automated notifications where like if you're a farm out there and you've got a crew that, you know, you've got 50 people out there and they're going to hit overtime in five hours, like you should be aware of that. And maybe maybe the business justification is there. You got to get that fruit off that tree because weather's coming or the market's right or, or whatever it may be. But now you have the information to make that decision intelligently instead of accidentally happening into the result. Good deal. Well, what about the employees themselves? Do they have like a portal where they can log in and kind of keep track of how many hours they're working themselves if they'd like? I'm so glad you asked that, actually, because um, so going back to surprises, I am surprised by how few people ask about that. And honestly, like how little interest we've actually received from it. We do have an employee portal. We have an ability for employees who completely non-text savvy. You go put in your cell phone number and we will text you a one-time password. And then you enter that in and boom, you can see all of your hours. You can see your pieces, your breaks. The companies get to decide what granularity they want you to see, but we wanted transparency for the employees. It's not just for the employers. We want transparency all around. Everyone should know what they're going to get paid, how many hours they worked, how many bins, totes, lugs, whatever they picked, pruned, whatever they're doing out there, they should know. And for the employees who really are non-tech savvy or maybe don't have access to a computer where they can do that, they can subscribe to text notifications. So at the end of the day, when the admin in the office says, this is, you know, we're calling this job final, people can get a text right on their phone just says, hey, by the way, you worked eight hours today and produced 10 bins of Granny Smith at $16 or whatever you're getting paid. And so it's it's putting the information in the employee's hands too. And I truly think that's the future of a lot of this um, for employee relations, for avoiding labor problems, for avoiding just mistakes that cause confusion and administrative burden later. Transparency is the key. Yeah. You do that in, in English or Spanish? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything's uh, bilingual English and Spanish, and we're standing by ready to add more languages when people want them. But obviously, those are the two big ones. So you think that, I mean, is the future where where you could take it one step further and actually the the payment can happen, you know, via your platform as well? 
So without giving too much away, we're definitely looking at payroll. Um, and, you know, the, the employee journey from start to finish is a big deal. We've got a partnership with a company called Harvest. It's H-A-R-V-U-S-T. And they do employee onboarding, training, compliance stuff. And then the natural end of that is making sure employees get paid, right? So like I say, we're dumping all that into payroll systems now. We also dump all that data into BI tools and other things. So like if you want to export it to Excel and muck it around yourself, you can. If you're a big enterprise with Power BI or Tableau or something else and you want to use that data in other ways, you can. So getting that data end to end really is important to us. All right. Well, that's going to do it for today's short startup spotlight. Very cool stuff happening over at Field Clock. Highly encourage you to go check out their website. They've got a lot of testimonials there, uh, even some of the branding of the farms they're already working with. It's at fieldclock.com. There are a lot of innovations out there that uh, indirectly will impact farm labor. You know, I'm thinking of things like automation, but not a whole lot that I have found of innovative stuff that really helps with the current situation facing farmers when it comes to labor, especially with uh, organizing and data. There are some out there and and maybe we'll get a few others on the show here in a future startup spotlight, but uh, really enjoyed talking to Joshua and hearing more about Field Clock. Thanks so much to the Soy Checkoff for being our quarterly presenting sponsor this quarter and thank you for your time and your attention i never take it lightly i'll be back next week with another story of ag innovation